Welcome to another episode of A Word of Influence, episode 6, part of the Awaii Project, as I like to call it. This is phase 3, and today I have Sonora Fulkerson and her husband, Seth Fulkerson. These two have been on already, but you know that if you listen to previous episodes. But today, we're going to focus on one topic in particular, and we're going to focus on the lore behind it, because this is literature as well, the podcast, so... Today we're going to talk about Harry Potter. So, Nora, when did you first start reading Harry Potter? Um, <laughs> I'd say probably second grade. So, what year was that? I was born in '93. What year is that? Second grade. <laughs> second grade. Uh, I don't know. Young. Young. You were young. Seven. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Seven, yep. that's when I started reading them. What made you want to read it? Put it. Um, I actually had a lot of friends that started reading it, and I just became interested in it. Um, you know, they were like, hey, it's about this fantasy wizard, you know, magic. And what's funny about that, though, is that at the time I went to a Christian school. Really? And they did not want us reading it Well, in class. Well, I get what you're saying. Uh, that was a biggest thing when that book did come out but everybody should know that that book was only a hundred copies at first wasn't it or a thousand really there's only a thousand copies of the book made first before like because it wasn't popular in england but when it became popular in england she shifted over to the united states because like if the reception was well in the united states she knew that something big was going to happen so just the whole christian theme behind it what, 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 what was it like then? Because I didn't have that problem. Well, <laughs> I guess I didn't understand it because I was only seven, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, what's wrong with it? Why can't I read it? It doesn't make any sense to me." You know, they would just say because it has magic in it, and I guess that's, um, you know, but, heresy or something. Yeah, but my I wouldn't always argue with people that say, well, I don't like Harry Potter because of the magic in it, but if you're okay with accepting Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings, then we have a super problem going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why someone would accept Harry Potter but not or Gandalf but not Harry Potter. Or, like, if you want to take it closer, because, like, people say, well, you don't need the magic within Lord of the Rings. The biggest thing in their in Christian fiction is... The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, and the idea of escaping this world to find to another world to find yourself, it's kind of, you know, it's on that same level of, like, majestic things being in the way. You know, I was going to say, it might just be because Harry Potter has to deal with kids, and usually adults are very protective over their kids, so maybe that's why it's a little bit more relatable, but then, like you said... Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, that's Chron- the children. Chron- so. That's your your main hero is children. Yeah. So I don't know. Faced with adult tasks, if you think about it, like the king, queen. When uh, did Narnia come out? Like that. Uh, Narnia first came out. You, if you don't mind looking that up for me, I said I think it came out in forty five. Oh, okay. Around thinking. the around the same time of the World War Two, because what happened was that C. S. Lewis. Like, London was getting bombed, mm-hmm. and he uh, did a radio production to talking about to keep London at bay, kind of. 
And then that document went on to be one of his most famous uh, documentary uh, writings of all time called Near Christianity. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Mm. But it's, it's just talking about Christianity and how it works. But for C.S. Lewis to be so submersed in his work to do it that way, uh, to to write Narnia a way that he didn't intend to do, it's amazing. But for you to say that the magic in there doesn't exist, and like if you're saying that's kid magic and Harry Potter is not kid magic, there's a problem with that. Don't you agree with that? Like, did you ever read? I never read uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, according to the internet, um, that that novel was uh, first published in 1950. 1950, okay. Yeah. yeah so, I was going to say, maybe it was just the time of Harry Potter, but if that was before then, I don't know. I mean, let's see, Harry Potter came out in, what, 98, 99? 90, I think it's 98. 98. The, the first uh, Harry Potter the first. came out in 97. 90, oh, okay. 97. So, ooh, 97 was a good year if, <laughs> if you look at it <laughs> in the gaming world. But I did have the same experience as in like a bunch of friends were reading it. And they were always like, it's too long, so I don't want to read it. And like that was around the time the movies came out. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, well, the way I started reading it was by seeing the second movie. Then I just kind of like eased into the series. Yeah. And that's good for anybody to do. And, like, as you know, if you start reading the book, you don't want to actually watch the movie because you have a different idea. Right. But what makes Harry Potter so great that we can accept it for its movies? I think the casting is pretty... I mean, there's, you know, small differences, like, People say, oh, Harry's eyes are supposed to be green, like his mother's, you know. Daniel Radcliffe's are blue, but that's just little things. I think the casting was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they portrayed the characters very well. Mm-hmm. And oh. they kept a lot of, you know, the main themes of all the books. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is an A-way moment. Y'all don't know what that is yet, but an A-way moment is, like, where you go off a little bit and say... Well, it, it, you, you say it's this way, but someone worked hard to put it that way. Like, because if you, people say that Deathly Hollows wasn't great. Well, David Yates put everything he in just to make sure that we had a great movie. Right. Or, and people say, well, I can direct better. I'm like, oh, really? You can <laughs> you can direct it better. People don't even know what goes into directing. I don't know what goes into directing. <laughs> no. And I'm like, I'm a playwright and I don't know what goes into directing. I've taken screenplays and like, I just seem like a tad bit of it, but point is like if you're gonna do it then do it mm-hmm. like prove that you can do it i'm not saying you're you suck at it but like if you say you can do it better then do it better exactly. like yeah. like i'm i'm challenging you to do it better and if you can do it then you proved me wrong but i'm glad that you did it right yeah you can't make everything perfect like you can't i don't think you can find a little 11 year old boy with jet black hair and green eyes and, mm-hmm. and you know it's that can still act. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the idea of that book just being only a hundred books or a thousand, I'm not for sure, when it was just in production, she was living in her car doing that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Know you know that? Like, uh-uh. yeah, she was living in her car. Her firstborn was there and she was just writing. Like, as an author, like, that's all you do is just write and just to have ideas. People think that she actually stole her ideas. 
instead of being inspired from other authors. As we go into your theory route, because uh, here's one, Gandalf, Dumbledore. <laughs> what you, oh, mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. That there's, I mean, I guess, but then you could say Obi-Wan is Gandalf and Dumbledore. You know, <laughs> yeah. any old man, any wise old man. That's in Both any, gray. yeah, and that's in any kind of literature, really. There's always yes. a wise old man. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is that, well... I mean, and there's a difference between stealing and being inspired by. Like, if she said, hey, this guy's name is Mandelf. <laughs> Mandelf. <you know? laughs> yeah, that, that would be really funny. But um, which which book is your favorite? Hmm. Don't go for the safe pick, either. What's the safe pick? The, the first safe, one? No, 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 the safe pick. I'll know when you say it. I don't know. Let's see if she says it. I think my favorite is Half Blood Prince. Oh, see, she didn't go with the safe pick. The safe pick would be Prisoner of Azkaban. It was gonna be one of them, but I was like, Goblet of Fire is really good. I think, I think Half Blood Prince. Why? People look at that, and I look at it uh, as the informational book. I think Word of the Phoenix would be. You think that one's the more informational book compared oh, to? Huge. I mean, you can say it's huge, but like in contents of leaving up to the end, I feel like number six would be. I suppose that's true, um, but I think you know people usually say probably Goblet of Fire would be the point where it starts to get darker in the series. Yes, because that's when Cedric dies, and that's like what the first big death. Mm-hmm. But. I think Half-Blood Prince, probably, because that's when, you know, you learn about Snape and Dumbledore dies. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, you're fine. Uh, But, like, so Snape and Dumbledore dies. Yeah, and, um, no, Hedwig dies in the seventh one. No, but I think that's about when Harry's, Spoilers. (laughs) Sorry, if you haven't read it yet, it's been forever. Why are you listening to this? (laughs) But that's, like, when, I'd say that's about... Um, that's when he starts looking in the pensive too, right? The yeah. Pensive? Well, you can say f- the fourth one is when he first t- takes a dab at it, but the sixth one is where he starts looking in the pensive. Yeah. Uh, I think that's when Harry starts going, oh shit, this is real life, you know? Yeah. This is actually happening. This is what I actually have to do. hmm And I can't get out of it. And I can't imagine being like that as a 16-year-old boy, you know? Mm-hmm. I just think that's really interesting. I mean, when we look at, as we dive deeper on character, what characters, what is it about the Harry Potter series that can make anybody enjoy it? Because what I say is this, that my aunt, she literally has never read a single book of it. But she seen every movie. She owns every movie. Every time... Uh, ABC Family or Freeform, whatever you want to call it, has a Harry Potter marathon. Mm-hmm. She will watch it. She will not pause it. She has she has Direct TV. Yeah. She can pause it, but she doesn't pause it. She'll wait for the commercial to go pee. She's seen this movie more times than me, and she says that she gets something new out of it every time. And like she will, she'll even text me. Like if she were watching it right now, she'll text me, ask me a question about it, because she will never read it. <laughs> She's like, it's too right. much. It's too much for her, but she loves it. 
Like she loves that and Rocky, but she says fuck. <laughs> she says fuck Fast and Furious. <laughs> I haven't watched those yet, but yeah. But what is it about something that that can make anybody love it, even if they don't read it? Um, it's kind of funny you bring that up too, because my parents were both like that, and that's probably part of the reason why I like it so much is because that was one thing we could really relate to together, something we could do together. Like every single time a new Harry Potter movie came out, we'd go see it as a family. Really? They love those movies, and my mom does the same thing. Every time it comes on ABC, she watches it. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times. Yeah. Um. But I think because it's even though it's totally it's just uh unrealistic there's just magic you know like no this stuff's gonna happen it's not real i think because the characters are so well written they feel real mm-hmm. and you want them to be you know yeah you want them to be just you, you want hogwarts to be real you want you know when you're an 11 year old kid you want to get that letter <laughs> but um, and i think even you know adults feel that way mm-hmm. i mean like even for us like we're reading it it says it felt like we were growing up with the yeah, cast. Yeah, definitely. Did you feel that way too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, I did. So, you like even like if I can't remember off the top of my head, but like that last book, she says, "Thank you to all that have stayed with Harry from the beginning," and like that gave me cold chills before I even read the yeah. first, read the book. I don't know, like care like certain authors can make me have cold chills. Like C.S. Lewis, like when he read the last lines of the. Uh, um, the final battle, or the last battle, I'm not for sure what it's called, the seventh book of the Chronicles of Narnia, he says, this is the end, and it has something to do with, like, with heaven, mm-hmm. and, like, I really finished that line and went straight to my professor and told him exactly what I was going to write about. What was that? Um, what I wrote about in that topic is how Chronicles of Narnia uses its children to make them better people in normal society and that's well how the kind of this podcast got started is that some video games have inspired you in some way to make you a better person it might just be a simple little game like Majora's Mask by Zelda what does that game do it's, it, it tells you how to uh, manage your time better because yeah. it's on a three day timetable so you've got to do things in three days or something will happen mm-hmm or the end of the world will happen. So that taught me kind of to a point that I need to have an agenda. I don't really have an agenda, but I got to make sure certain dates match up. I think it gave me anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Oh, gosh, I hated that, being timed. (laughs) You hate being timed? But, yeah, I see what you're coming from. Also, like, stress is awesome, though, like, in that sense, like, you know that you have that. Like, and when I had to write papers, I would really wait till like, the last two hours to write a paper. Like deadlines are like awesome to me, and like Ugh. I love deadlines. God, no. <laughs> I mean, just imagine uh, as being J.K. Rowling having to be, you know, uh, have a deadline. Because I remember in the fifth book, I pushed back. Order of the Phoenix got pushed back my sixth grade year because. Yeah, I think that um, came out when I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I remember reading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think she enjoyed doing it, so maybe it wasn't so bad. You know. I mean, like. As an author, I think, not, I mean, as a writer, I feel like you've put a deadline, but you got to push it back sometimes if you feel like there's more content to it. Mm-hmm. And, like, when we got Order of the Phoenix, you saw 
that there was a lot more content. It's over a thousand pages. Huh? It's over yeah. a thousand pages. I remember that. That's <laughs> a big read for a fifth grader. But the thing is, though, you know that by the time you hit the third, the fourth book, it's not meant for the fifth grade level anymore. But you still enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. Well, I mean, Goblet of Fire, he would have been 14 at the time, right? Goblet of Fire, he's 14. Yeah, so, yes. yeah, I guess I was younger than that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but there's some, well, there's like some crazy study that this book gets read every second. Like, really? Yeah. Like every second someone is new is picking up the book. I'm jealous of those people. <laughs> Why are you jealous? Yes, I wish I could reread them for the first time. Or oh, not reread them, but read them for the first time, you know. I mean, but do you get the same feeling when you, do you get lost in the world every time you read it? I think so. Yeah, it's it's always, it is an escape, I think. Yeah. I guess just because, you know, it's the magical world. But magical world, everybody. Yeah. It's but, just such a great story. Okay, as we, I like said, character time. Um, what, who's your favorite character besides Harry? Cause I, got, I don't got, think Harry's my favorite. But, I, but I like, I, I always, I say that because people like to just use that as their default. Like, oh, I like, like favorite character is mm-hmm. the per- main person I'm like oh bro there's more dynamic characters outside of them so who's yours hmm. probably Hagrid Hagrid, Hagrid why I just think he's just a big lovable bear and he's just <laughs> always <laughs> he's just I don't know he's like <laughs> you, you always want a Hagrid as a friend you know someone who's always there or someone who straight with you when you need it you know will tell you the truth and knows how to fix everything gives you the best advice <laughs> he's a handyman yeah and he around. loves animals and i think that's always a big plus for me when people <laughs> love animals yeah when people love animals yeah. as you have two dogs of your own yeah so which part of hogwarts did you like the most hogwarts the school you mean like um like the architecture like the actual school like the actual layout the forest the sea oh gotcha okay or like the actual school um hmm. that's an interesting question yes yeah i haven't heard that one <laughs> i mean because like if you there's got to be the setting has to be great for you yeah. too so i can actually tell you that when we hit the fourth one and we went underneath and we saw the mermaids mm-hmm. and stuff that was probably my favorite part that was really interesting yeah to see that there were different creatures all around the school mm-hmm. especially like in the forest there's centaurs and stuff mm-hmm. i thought that was cool too um but uh, probably <laughs> have you looked at what the common rooms would look like like all four of them i think those are cool the common rooms that's actually actually one of the questions i'm going to ask you which house would you fit in as for those that don't know, we have Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin. Where do you think you fit? Gryffindor. Gryffindor. <laughs> Gryffindor. I'm a little, I'd say a little mix of both. As in, on the outside, I'm probably more of a Hufflepuff. More, I wouldn't say meek, but I try to be more personable. Try to be a little bit more friendly. Not so... 
I don't know how you put it, but on the inside, I like to feel like I'm a fiery Gryffindor who's bold and wants to do stuff and go, fuck yes, I'm going to go do this. <laughs> yeah. But then on the outside, I'm like, eh, I have anxiety and I don't want to do it. <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting that how, like, if you did the Pottermore, it kind of fits your personality to a sense. Did you, you are, are you on Pottermore? <laughs> yeah, I'm on Pottermore. What did you get sorted into? Ravenclaw. <laughs> I'm in Hufflepuff. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, damn it. Why isn't there a Griffin Puff? <laughs> Griffin Puff. Or a Huffledore. <laughs> Huffledore. I mean, the the lore behind the four main people, wizards, the four main wizards, mm-hmm. I wish there was more behind it. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I guess, I'm trying to think of, I know in the last one they kind of looked into Rowena Ravenclaw a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The second one, I guess, would be more of Salazar Slytherin. But that's the thing, though, is, like, what did they actually, like, I wanted to see what they actually did, how they the, yeah. how they decided to make Hogwarts. Obviously, Salazar Slytherin, they make it seem like he was a bad guy, but I'm not for sure. Yeah, I guess <laughs> you can't really say somebody is totally a bad guy. You know, mm-hmm. they just they're doing what they think is right, which mm-hmm. they, you know, mm-hmm. everyone is doing. I mean, like, when you, like, the best part of Harry Potter was, like, the sorting. I yeah, liked it. I, liked I liked the, the sorting. The, the sorting was fun because the ability to know that you're going to be in this house, and it's kind of like fraternities. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, it's kind of like Divine Nine. I don't know if you know what that is. I don't think so. It's a D9. A uh, D9 is black fraternities. Okay. Black fraternities. There's nine. <laughs> that's why I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's why. If there's there's nine fraternities, I mean, five, five fraternities, four sororities. And, like, it feels like when you're going into, like, learn about the knowledge or, like, the history behind of them, and you find out that uh, Bill Clinton, he was a Sigma. Like, he was actually part of a black fraternity. Yeah, you you would never know that. <laughs> you don't know that. But, or, you find out that Martin Luther King was an alpha. Or you find out that Michael Jordan, he was a Q. Which is like a Omega Psi Psi. That's the name of their fraternity. But, like, when you're going into those things, you're like, well, how does this appeal to me? Mm-hmm. And you also you look at the background story about how each player or each individual help make the fraternity better or sorority and it's amazing how she did the same jk rowling did the same thing but in english terms british terms yeah of breaking in the four houses and like they actually do that in their schooling they actually break it up into four houses yeah yeah and they have their classes together and everything mm-hmm. but like i thought the sorting hat was interesting for it to like weed off like with a song or it's message and then you get sorted the sorting is like how he says like you get to choose but how did you feel like that was true do you feel like you got to choose what it was you mean like the characters got to choose yeah i think so i mean i think they kind of it has been a while since i've read the books but i think in the first one they kind of struggled when they had the hat on they were like i really don't want to be in this house like you know harry's like i really don't want to be in slytherin oh my god because he has some characteristics of slytherin like even the mm-hmm. sorting hat says you know cunning and 
looking out for himself and things like that. But I think it definitely is what you choose, mm-hmm. what you think you are. Mm-hmm. So, so you're so, you said your favorite character is Tiger, and he dealt mm-hmm. with animals. What was your favorite creature? We're gonna call him monster. What's your favorite creature? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I liked the mer people a lot. I think they were cool. You like the mer people? Yeah, <laughs> I liked how they didn't portray them as you know, attractive, sexy sirens or whatever. They were, you know, scary and ugly kind of. You know, they're in the deep depths of the ocean. Of course, they're not going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're going to be scary. And like, I, I, think, cool. I don't know if that's a misconception among uh, us, our interpretation of what mer people should look like. I guess because we see Disney's Ariel and yeah. we're like, oh, they should be beautiful. But like when we see like the mer people from... Harry Potter, you're like, oh, like you just said, they're deeper, darker, the trenches of the water. So maybe their characteristics, the way they live, is different, mm-hmm. and we can accept that. Now, I think the interaction of uh, what's the word of it, the interaction of the schools, was probably one of the coolest parts. Oh, <laughs> it was like, in in Goblet of Fire. The Goblet of the Fire. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Like. Just seeing Drumstang and what's the other one called? Oh my gosh. I can't believe I forgot. Bo- Bobatten? Bulgarians? No, but they were no the that was the Drumstang. No, Bo- was it Bobatten? Oh my god, I Google. can't believe I forgot. Google that shit. <laughs> but, but. Whatever, you guys get to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you're the stat checker. Yeah. Stat but, checker. Yeah. You're... I swear it's Bobatten. Bobatten, but. Yeah, it is Bobatten. But. <laughs> You're saying, but which one? Yes. Okay, thank God. I was like, I'm going to lose my nerd cred. <laughs> You're going to lose your nerd cred. Fight me, internet. <laughs> but what made that cool was the fact that you saw different interaction with schools and, like, to build friendships up. And I thought that it was cool that it was, uh, like, the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> Wizard Olympics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now... Which task was your favorite as we're seeing to be on the Goblet of Fire right now? Mm-hmm. First task was the dragon. Second, that was, tr- that was kind of boring. Second was the mer people. And then the third was, uh, you know, the maze. The maze. I'd, I'd probably say the second one. Really? Um, just because that's when you learn, I suppose, what each champion's most beloved person is. And they all had different ways of going about it mm-hmm. and they all had to learn for their for themselves what the um challenge was going to be you know the end mm-hmm. that was cool too now i've seen a closet i used to live in a house here i've seen a closet that was just as big as what harry lived in really like yeah i could like fit in it and under like, the yeah. stairs under, well, it was literally under the stairs too like under the stairs like Wait, it was, it was our pantry. I was like, oh, well, this is what Harry would sleep in. Like, I told my mom that, too. She's like, yeah, he would have slept in something like here because it was long enough for him to do it. Why? If, how did you feel that they kept that from him? Kept the, his, that, he, his, yeah. his heritage, his yeah. wizard heritage. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't blame him. 
I mean, you know, the whole backstory with Petunia, how obviously she's jealous of her sister Lily. Mm-hmm. Because she's, you know, the star of her family. She's a witch out of a muggle-born family. I mean, could you imagine seeing your nephew who looks like your sister all the time, you know? Yeah. And then here, oh, he gets to be a wizard now. What about me? Now, I'm just playing little Petunia, and then obviously, you but, know, Vernon's just going to side with her. But the thing is, though, I feel like she, instead of that stardom, as you like to say, you should be able to accept that is your still. That's still your nephew. You get what I'm saying? But yeah. hey, that's one theory though. <laughs> What's your theory? Oh, it's not my theory, but what I've heard, oh. I think, is one of the more plausible ones. Is that because Harry's a Horcrux, they are all probably influenced by that. You know how Ron, when he wore the necklace and be, he became irritable and he left his friends out in the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably all felt like that around Harry. They probably hated him. Really. That's one of my favorite theories, I'd say. It's that, probably the most plausible. Because him, Harry himself was a Horcrux. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those that don't know what a Horcrux is, it really is, you can explain it better than me. Why are you listening? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> a Horcrux is when you kill someone. And put your own entity in it, right? You kill someone, and in the process, it tears apart your soul. And that part of your soul goes into a little diadem, or a little trinket of what you want. Because he, cause Voldemort ripped his soul into seven spots. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I didn't want to mess up the interpretation, because I knew that you ripped your soul out, and you put something in it. But I didn't. Re- I forgot that you had to kill somebody. That's So, that's another thing, too, is nobody knows the actual process of it, because... Apparently, it was so bad that it almost made her editor throw up. Really? We, we know we have to. You have to kill someone, but there's some more to the process. But no one knows what it is. But they're theorizing that it's cannibalism. Are you fucking serious? Yes. But, but I understand why she took it out because you she. Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, I guess that makes sense because you would have to. Knock it down for anyone that's still reading it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet their editor was like, uh, no, kids are reading this. Yeah, if kids are reading it. But then that's where the whole fight book between Christianity and Harry Potter comes back in full circle about, the, well, if that were to put be put in it, then, oh, well, yeah, it's kind of Oh, yeah, you know? I mean, I think that would piss off more than Christian parents. Yeah. Like everybody. Yeah. It'd be anybody, but like I said, I just don't understand that some people don't, will not let their kids read Harry Potter. It's like being forced, not even forced, it's, you have to read it in school now. Do they really? Yes. Is that one of those things now? Like, like the Grapes oh, of Wrath yeah. and stuff? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. kick ass. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's a must read because what you, like, what was the most, like, you growing up reading it or watching the movie? What was the scariest moment for you? The scariest moment for you within the whole series. <laughs> I know you felt it a couple spiders. of Spiders. The spiders? Spiders. I have arachnophobia. Really? I'm with Ron there. <laughs> I cannot stand spiders. It gives me the heebie-jeebies every time I watch it. <laughs> I, like, I read it. It's just, yeah, ah. yeah, so the Chamber of Secrets, the spiders. That 
to me is probably the scariest book. It is, especially it's, since they're uh, they're um how old are they? They're, they're only twelve. S- yeah, they're twelve. Jeez. Yeah. Can you imagine doing that and then seeing giant snake? <laughs> it's not even. The, Speaking of age and everything and timelines, I was read this and I thought it was cool. Apparently, they, they put out like an official timeline of events. Because uh, I was reading about Goblet of Fire earlier when I was fact checking. When is do you know when that takes place? Like in the real world, isn't it? It's like in the eighties, isn't it? In the eighties, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, it's in the nineties. I thought it, it starts in the, 80s. In the it starts late eighties. I think. I guess it'd be nineteen ninety to. Mm-hmm. I think the idea is that she started writing it after this series ended or something. I don't know. I thought that was yeah, that's weird. I was just yeah. a wee babe. And you try to you try to place it. Well, and everything else. Well, that makes sense because people think that it's written in today's timeline and not the eighties or nineties. And like when you see it, you're like, oh wow, it really yeah. is yeah. kind of in the nineties. But uh, the most scariest moment for me throughout that whole thing is the end, the Tarzi end. And he said, what do you care about this diary? And he says, Lord Voldemort is my f- past, present, and future. Yeah. And, like, when he wrote his name out and said, I am Lord Voldemort, that was probably the scariest <laughs> moment I felt as a really? freaking kid. I think, <laughs> the, I think the part when he stabs it with Basilisk Fang and he, like, just bursts it. I was like, ooh, that's kind of uh, weird. As a kid, that was like, No, but, like, that's probably the most scariest thing because I realized that Lord Voldemort is really standing right that, in fucking yeah, front of me. I guess like, it didn't really <laughs> hit with me as a kid, but the older I get, yeah, I definitely imagine seeing that as a kid. Or, yeah. you know what, actually, is one of the scariest parts is in the first movie. When Professor Quirrell takes off his turban, and Voldemort's right there on the back of his head, yeah, that is so scary. Yeah, it really, it, it really is because it's like just the idea. Was that a Horcrux too, or is that just a different? Was that just no? A different I think way? he just um, I can't remember how he he needed a body because he didn't have a body, so yeah. he put himself in Quirrell. I don't remember how. But it was a unicorn blood, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I know bits and pieces. Like I said. You once you like me and my friend, shout out to Kimberly Kid. Hope you're doing well. I know you're going through a tough time right now. If you need anything, hit me up. You know my number. Uh, we do a little thing where like every Christmas we'll read each book. Oh really? We'll do like a competition. <laughs> That's cool. Like she always wins though. Like she's dedicated. Like she's way more dedicated. Like I'll read it like the same time as her. But she'll finish it before me. Every time. I feel that. <laughs> what do you mean? You uh, feel that? Sometimes, like, Seth and I will read the same books, but he'll... You read so fast. I read kind of fast. I'm alright, but you're, like... Now, how do you... Did you... Is it because you read when you were a kid and you were able to read fast? Or is it just, like, comprehension? I'm like, I've been trying to figure that out. I guess. I, that's, a, that's, that's a question definitely left to a child psychologists and stuff and developmental stuff because I can't think of anything that I would have done outside of normally other than you know just reading that's yeah. the only thing I can think of yeah. I think it kind reading of, at a young age I think it's part of if your parents read to you and help you read at a young age yeah. and also it just comes naturally to some kids right I, because that I mean it's yeah. But that's just my theory. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, up at school, we did learn that if you were to just read, just read normal, 
never wrote anything in your life, mm-hmm. you would be able to pick up faster than someone that's never done it before, either one before. Just reading, just straight up reading a book, you'll pick up on how to structure a sentence faster. Yeah, than, I think yeah. it builds your vocabulary mm-hmm. too. It really, it really does. Yeah, and you learn uh, context of how to use the word, mm-hmm. a big word. You'll be like, oh, I guess this means this, you know, because it's in the context of the book. Mm-hmm. So, so um, we keep on saying Chamber of Secrets is the scariest book. <laughs> Which one was the dry one for you then? The one that you really could care less for, even though you love it as a whole? Probably Order of the Phoenix. Really? Yeah. Why? Because it wasn't... I mean, it's really neat to look back at how the Order of the Phoenix was made and, you know, all the characters in that, like Lupin and Moody and all that, but I don't know, it just... Order of Phoenix seemed like, you said it was more like an informational at the yeah. beginning. But I I get what you're saying, it's, um, it can seem a little dry, because, like, you're just coming off Goblet of Fire, Voldemort's back, you want to see some more action. Yeah, you don't see anything, except <laughs> yeah. for right at the end, isn't it? Yeah, right at the end, yeah, like, where they Voldemort get to... Ministry. Ministry. And it takes that now, do you feel, because, like, do you feel as Harry is growing up, he's just a kid and no one believes him? I think it's that, and it might also just be jealousy. The, the famous chosen one yep. bullshit. I think that. it's jealousy because you see Dumbledore doting on him for as long as he's been there because he's the chosen one. I mean, but do you, how, overall, how do you feel about Dumbledore as a character? Do you feel like he did his job, or do you think he just laid everything kinda, off on, for other people I'm kind of mixed on Dumbledore I think he did what he thought was right but I don't think he was a great man really He, I feel like he kind of used Harry as slaughter slaughter yeah So he kind of groomed him groomed him to be the next thing big thing yeah and he knew he was going to have to die but, oof, I guess we'll go into that realm because I know you had <laughs> theories about that the last scene, I'm sorry, spoilers, but it's been 10 plus years for this damn book to come out and movie, two-parter, but how did you feel about that lot when Voldemort, I guess, technically killed Harry? That scene, when you're reading it as a kid or watching the movie, do you really think he died? Um, so... It's another theory. Go for it. Right. Um. One that I think I think it's pretty plausible too is that I don't remember the exact verbiage of the prophecy mm-hmm. that Trelawney gave of one must die at the other hand. Yeah, one must die at the other hand. Yeah, neither can live while the other survives. Something like that. So, a lot of people think that because Harry killed Voldemort, the only way either one of them can die is at the hand of the other. So, the only way Harry can die is if Voldemort kills him. Yeah. And Voldemort's dead. No, no, no. I'm talking about the actual... Oh, I know what you're saying, but what I'm saying is he probably did die. Okay. But since he had the resurrection stone, he came back. Was that a resurrection stone? Mm -hmm. I thought it It was... It was in the snitch... I thought it was his Horcrux. The resurrection. And it was just the resurrection stone brought him back, I think, wasn't it? 
I believe. I thought, and you know his mother's love, whatever. But no, I really thought it was a. He killed. A, I thought because Harry was a Horcrux that he killed a Horcrux with that Harry. Did, yeah, that that makes sense too, actually. Because I thought he killed the Horcrux, but he didn't actually kill Harry. So when Harry was able to come back to life, it made sense that the, the final Horcrux was done. Mm-hmm. So now that one-on-one battle can happen. That makes sense too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was. I forgot about that. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I just said he was a Horcrux too, but I just thought about yeah, he had the Resurrection Stone that was in the Snitch. So he pretty much had a double whammy of making yeah. sure his ass got to come back to life. But wouldn't that be scary now that, what if he can't die now? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how terrible is that? He couldn't see his family or his friends again. That he couldn't die. <laughs> or like, he can. I don't know. The boy who lived forever. The boy who lived forever. Now that, I wish there was more backstory about that. I guess because you get flashes of it, like in the movie or like during the scene, but like. I kind of want to know what made him, made Voldemort snap like that. I understand he got the prophecy too. Mm-hmm. But what made him, I guess because he was already technically dark. And I know there's a whole thing with his childhood and I cannot remember what's for the life of me. I mean, because he was Norseman. Yeah, his dad. Yeah. But it was a loveless birth or something. Yeah, and basically that. But I, I, I think that he was, I think that he was, if you're asking why he's evil... And the air of Slytherin. I think it's it's a mix of that and uh, but, he just wanted power, I think. That too, yeah. Power. Oh, and um, they were bringing in um, muggles, or not muggles, but um, half-bloods and everything. And yeah, racism. Mudbloods. That, that's, racism, yeah. I thought that was interesting that she went the whole route of mudblood and muggles i think she came to a realization of uh, that's what we see in everyday life with like mm-hmm. because honestly like people can be called niggas or hunkies or anytime all day and we get set off by it and like you saw that within the world of harry potter as well yeah yeah when they when uh, draco called hermione a mudblood that was it's probably you the, remember how <laughs> devastated she was like yeah. if she called her a racial slur. Yeah, it's, it'd be called a racial slur. It's like interesting. It's like so. I wonder to know how much depth she went into thinking that that pure bloods are highly recommended, but mud bloods are like, and you get a pass. Yeah, I I think it's definitely an uh, illusion of racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, what did you think of the game Quidditch? Did you Quidditch? love it? Quidditch. It was okay. I, I, I didn't mind it. I'm not really into sports, though. So I was kind of like, yeah, it's alright. It's kind of cool. It's magical. And you can ride around on brooms, fly around. I always wanted to do that as a kid, but I was like... That was, that was my favorite part of it, though. Like, n- knowing how many points they needed to be able to win the cup. Really? Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts. Because, like, year one, you didn't understand he can't do it. Year two, you're like, fuck, he, they should have won it that year. <laughs> but year three is like, we can win, maybe. And then like when they win, you're like, oh, great. It's it's amazing feeling. But I feel like when they went away from Quidditch, I was like, that's when the story became more of the story. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, too, definitely. They kind of strayed away from it. I guess because Quidditch is kind of also a merry time thing, you know, jubilant. But as we know, and when the Quidditch World Cup happens, 
everything goes to shit. Yeah. <laughs> that. That's when the Death Eaters come, yeah. I mean, th- their, their imagery is so... I'm not trying to sound racist or anything. It, it sounds... Can. It sounded... It seemed big and KKK-ish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. They did have the... Except they were black robes. Yeah, they were black robes. And, and they were pure bloods. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean... I mean, like, your leader isn't a pure blood. That's, that was the yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, we, you said the heir of Slytherin. Did you ever feel like Harry could have been the heir of the Slytherin? Seeing how you said he has those Slytherin traits? He has the parcel tongue. Yes. But wasn't it revealed that he only got that from Voldemort? Yes. Yes. I don't think so. But he can still do it, though, can he? Yeah, he can. I mean, even if... Actually, you know what? I wonder if he can still do it after Voldemort's dead. The Horcrux is gone, I wonder. I never thought about it. (laughs) He lost some of his asshole traits, too. Maybe, yeah. Being a pompous asshole, but then that's the Gryffindor in him, I'm sure. Yeah. But you never thought of it, though? No, I... I don't. I don't think he would have been. No, I'm saying like you think he could had he had the traits to become heir of Slytherin. Mm, well, he can be like I said, pompous sometimes, a little brash and irrational. But I don't think he. But then that's going back to saying that Slytherin was probably a bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it's, it's hard. It's hard to label Salazar Slytherin as a bad guy because you only hear the stories of it. But obviously, he was. I guess because he wanted to make the host, uh, the host uh, school pure bloods, and that's what they didn't agree with. He was racist. Racist. <laughs> yeah, so maybe racist. he was a bad guy. <laughs> maybe he was a bad guy. But it's just it's just awesome that Godric Gryffindor is was like says that anyone can use the sword. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who. Uh... What was it? Anyone, anyone, is it? Any, anyone who you, calls upon it, who mm-hmm. has the bravery to use it, something like As a Gryffindor. As a Gryffindor. But you don't have to be a Gryffindor, yeah. which is interesting wording. It's more inclusive. <laughs> and why did it come out of the Soaring Hat, though? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. There was something about it. <laughs> it's like pulling a bunny out of a hat. It's like bunny out of a, bunny out of a hat. Think, I think it always comes out of the Sorting Hat, doesn't it? Mm-mm. No. Technically, because in the seventh book, they had to pull it. It was in the lake. lake. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But wasn't that the true sort of Gryffindor? I think there was replicas. Yeah. Yeah, there was some one. Phonies too. That's right. I think that was was that the real one, and then the fake one was in. Gringotts. Yes. What's her name? Bellatrix's. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your favorite Death Eater? Because I know you have one. Mm, probably Bellatrix. Mine too, actually. Yeah. Everyone loves Bellatrix of Strange. She's it's... great, and I think, um, what's her name? Helena Bonham Carter. She did a great job with that. Yeah. She's great. I yeah. love her as an actress. Yeah, I think she actually captured it. Like, you know, like when you read about Bellatrix of Strange, you're like, wonder how dark she really is, and like. When you see her kill serious black, you're like, oh, God. Like, you know what? Like, and that was probably one of the, another scary moment was when she was torturing Hermione. Yeah. 
Crucio. That was... Just just thinking about the the unforgivable curses is is crazy though. That's <laughs> another thing I read up on. Another theory is that you know when Voldemort started his rise to power at the beginning. Yes. And he put a bunch of people under the Imperius curse. So yeah. the ministry had to interview people to see who actually did things and who were actually under the Imperius curse. A lot of people think that Arthur Weasley was under it. Why? Because the way he acts towards Lucius, I mean, yeah, they're maybe just schoolboy rivals because they went to school at the same time, whatever. Mm-hmm. They didn't see eye to eye, but he's just, especially in the books, he's just viciously against Lucius. Like, he, Lucius said something, like, totally, I don't know, you know, just like, Normal. Blah, and, <laughs> and, and, Arthur Weasley's like, you son of a bitch, and, like, yeah. beats the fuck out of him. I'm like, dude, calm down. Yeah. You know? And um, there's other things, too. Like, the Weasley family is a hard time with the Imperius Curse. Um, I think it was in the fourth one mm-hmm. when they had the class with Mad-Eye Moody, and he was showing them the curses, and they put Ron under it, and he had After Effects still after it. Oh, really? And no one else usually has After Effects, so maybe that whole family's kind of predisposed to being... What did he do under the Imperius Curse? Don't know. That game made him jump somewhere. I think I'm, I'm, I can't really remember. But it's just a theory because of the way he acts and the way, especially in the books, the older brothers are very protective of their dad, so they were probably um, cognizant of when that happened. Mm-hmm. Now, when it came to the Cruciatus curse, like that, that curse it, it seemed to be used more than a lot of Kadabra. It seemed that way. Oh well, yeah, because you, you I get guess the torture. Yeah, that's like pure torture, and you're like every time you watch a movie or like or every time they like when you see it, it's like good God, man! Like how bad do you really hate this person yeah, you definitely have to hate them if you're going to use that instead of Avada Kedavra because obviously that one just kills them instantly yeah, and what like, fun is that if you're trying to like, torture someone yeah my fa- like I know the Cruciatus curse is as we get into curses and spells it would make probably make people not like it but when we get into uh Serpersantra Mm-hmm. That's probably the most deadliest one I've seen, though, besides Avada Kedavra. That one was pretty traumatizing, too, watching that in the movie. Do you remember that when he yeah. did that with Draco? Yeah, Serpent I was Sancho. like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> like, That's kind of gross. <laughs> like, that shit was gross. Yeah. But this, the one that everyone has is really big fans of is, of course, the, the, the Patronus charm. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone wants a Patronus. Like, uh, you that one on Pottermore? Oh yeah, no, I haven't made it that far. Oh, you haven't? No. Mine's a stupid stoat or whatever that is. It's like a weasel. It looks like a ferret, and I don't like it. I wouldn't mind to be a chocobo, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that we can't cross over. I love chocobos, I love chocobos man. And I wouldn't mind to be uh, Gladiolus from Final oh Fantasy Fifteen. <laughs> Gladio. Yeah. She wants Daddy Gladi. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Gladio. I'd recommend that anybody play the DLC. I haven't yet, but what? How did you feel with that moment with the Dementors in the prison where asked a man? The when he was on the lake. Yeah. 
I felt like that's when like he actually stepped up and learned how to do spells. I like, think that's when he realized he's one part of where he realized that he's on his own and needs to start learning how to do things by himself. Because um, he thought it was his dad showed up. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was him. Mm-hmm. I think that's when he starts growing up too, because it's like my parents are actually gone. I know I've I've known this for my whole life, but you know, especially in the first one when he sees them in the mirror of Irisad. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, maybe they are still here. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, he's like, oh, man, my dad's still here in the third one. He helped me out. But then he realized, oh, that's not actually him. He's actually gone. And yeah. I need to do this by myself. Mm-hmm. But then he also has Ron and Hermione, and I think that's a big part of the series, too. That he has friends. Mm-hmm. Too. But what I thought was the coolest moment was that he knows that he's famous. Mm-hmm. And when you see Ron, whose family isn't as rich, even though they are one of the remaining pureblood families. Yeah. They don't have enough money, but it's like, you know what, I don't fucking care about that. You're my best friend. Yeah. I like that more than anything. And you don't see that in life in general anymore. Like, rich people hang out with poor people. I don't know, like... No, I I mean, I don't know any rich people. I mean, if you want to hang out... (laughs) You go hang out with Gatsby. (laughs) Gatsby? Where's Gatsby? Gatsby. I need Gatsby in my life. I'll hang out with Gatsby all day. But, But, like, you... Like, you see that, like, knowing a snob to, you know, you, you see what a spade was, what a spade looks like. Mm-hmm. You're a good friend. I look at you more for your personality. And what makes the, the Weasley family so great is that they're all redheads. I love redheads. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love redheads. <laughs> they're, they're funny. Burn, Ginger, burn. No, no. We don't want you to burn, but <laughs> a funny joke there. But, funny joke, I don't know why. Um, he says, like when he buys the cart, mm-hmm. the full cart, I thought that was cool because he really doesn't know anything about the wizarding world, and like he's new to it, and I thought Ryan was the perfect way for him to join the wizarding world. Yeah, because he's pure blood and he knows more about it. And mm-hmm. I think he's also more sympathetic towards Ron because he hasn't had anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a theory. I know. Actually, you probably just answered the question straight up. What is Harry? What is he? Yeah. What do you, like, what do you mean? As in, as in muggle-born or pure? He's a pure blood because both of his parents are, they're a wizard and witch. I think is as that... long as both of your parents are magical-born, then. Okay, I've never, I never knew. I like... think that's what it is, yeah. Okay. Um, but Hermione, both of her parents are muggles, so, so, so she's a mudblood. She's mm-hmm. the only magical born in her family. Mudblood is, is not the word they use. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> but how... That word. <laughs> it's an explicit just, just, content. Just censor it out. Just bleep me out. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Did she say what I thought she said? Oh, who cares? going to say? Fight me, internet. <laughs> Like, how do you feel about Hermione? Because, like, J.K. Rowling actually came out and said that she based that character off herself growing up. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, she, I think Hermione is a great role model for girls. Especially, I mean, I was a young girl, and she was one of my favorites as a kid. Because they didn't, Ron and Harry didn't treat her like a girl, you know. Treat her like a tomboy a little bit, you know. It was just, She was just a friend. She was just somebody who helped them out, and they couldn't do anything without her, you know, in Chamber of Secrets. 
when she became petrified, there, Ron and Harry were like, uh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> what do we do? We need Hermione. Yeah, and, like, that's cool that they decided to, uh... I feel like in certain parts in the whole, the whole series that she decided to, uh, make them withdraw for a while. Like, they're not part of the main story right now. You gotta have the story progress, kind of like Lord of the Rings, that, like, Frodo is your main character, have him progress the story, but while he's doing that, everybody else is fighting in the war. Mm-hmm. And, like, the same way, like, with Harry Potter, like you said, she gets petrified, so they gotta figure out how to do things without their best counter asset. Yeah. You don't really see that in many series anymore. Like, I'm sitting here and thinking about, it, like, The Hunger Games, no. Divergent, no. Twilight, no. Yeah, a lot of newer things. I think that's another thing that's special about Harry Potter is it's not so cliche. Like most stories and movies are now. It's kind of... I like The Hunger Games a little bit. I'm not not knocking The Hunger Games. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. But it's not... It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. I don't know. I think people... I think that's why people like Harry Potter so much is... The familyness, like yeah, you know, with the Weasleys and everything. Yeah, Weasleys are great, but that was the question I was going to ask you. If you were to take one book away, do you think it removes uh, the overall outcome? Hmm. Because there's a lot of fore- there's a lot of foreshadow just in the yeah. first fucking book that you don't realize in the, as a kid until you grow up and go back and read it again. That's a good question. Mm. <laughs> like, let's say, if you were to take away a character, like, which character would you take away? Take away, and it wouldn't be consequential? Like, yeah. Or just be like, whatever? Mm-hmm. Because if you take away Sirius, that destroys everything. That destroys. Yeah, that's a big part of Harry, and the reason why he does... It's part of his motivation. Hmm. You can't do it. <laughs> yes, yeah, a good point. That's <laughs> a very good point. You can't. Because, Everyone is integral to the story. Because, like, you can really do this, like, with the Chronicles of Narnia, you could take away the horse and his boy. Horse and his boy is during the realm of the line of which in the wardrobe, the kings of King Peter, is during his rule. But seeing how King Peter and isn't really in the story, you could technically take that book away and be fine with it. Yeah. Because, like, that book is actually the in-between uh, book of Prince Caspian. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, when Peter and them come back to Narnia for the final time. Their final time there. So you can, like I said, there's certain books that you can take away. Like you said, you like the Hunger Games. I feel like the second book is the best. I I think I've only read the first one. I haven't oh. read the other ones yet. I know my dad has. He, he likes them. Oh yeah, there's, like I said, they're, they're cool. But like second one is probably the best one because... There's, like, really action Like, everything is at the tension in the moment. But, like, when you read the third one, you're, like, you feel really disappointed. And, like, I never really? felt... Like, you really feel disappointed. But it's the best movie. I was about to ask if you seen the movie. I haven't I seen haven't, it. I haven't watched them. I haven't seen that movie. Like, the last one, I haven't seen it. But I knew that the book was going to be bad. Like, I knew, but I knew that the book was bad. Because I read it, it was like, this sucked. I didn't like yeah. the ending. But I knew that the movie would be good. Because, like, it's a slow book. 
but I know that they can make it faster on the big screen. Right. Yeah, and like there was actually a certain part, like in the part one, like I knew where they were going to cut it off. Like me and Kimberly, like we were supposed to go see it. She's like, we sat down. She's like, you know, Big Hero Six Up is out, right? I'm like, yeah. Want to go see that instead? <laughs> Hell yeah, let's go see that instead. <laughs> It's yeah. kind of like a chore just to see it, yeah. just because. Like, you, she goes like, like, you know where they're going to cut it off at. I'm like, oh yeah, I know where they're going to cut it off yet. And I said, I went to, saw, saw talk to my friends later on that night, or the next day. They said, where they cut it off at? And they told me, I'm like, yeah! <laughs> I was fucking right! <laughs> I knew they were going to well, cut off. I they, they went with the books then. But, part, did you, like, when you watch Harry Potter, part, Deathly Hollows Part 1, did you know that they were going to cut it off at Dobby? No. That's what I'm saying. It's so sad. Man, <laughs> I hate that part. I think it was cool that she, like, we talked about racism, but she also talked about slavery, too. Like, yeah. Like. Yeah, house elves. House elves are really magical creatures, but they had to serve people. That's, uh. I think it's usually pure blood families, isn't pure it? Pure blood families, too. I think it is. Yeah. Yep, there you go. I mean, the problem. Not even that. They're really cool creatures. Dobby was probably a lot of people's favorite characters. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say Dobby, actually. I, I had, it was between that and Hermione. Hermione, well, Hermione's character development really pays off towards... I like that in the books, too, the character development. They all... Like, they're all dynamic. Yeah. And this is another reason why you should want to read One Piece, but that's outside the case. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's outside the case. But, like you said, Hermione's character... It's great for girls your age and like along with Katniss and Beatrice and the Divergent series because like we're starting to see a lot of great change like with female mm-hmm. lead roles. Scarlett Johansson's Ghost in the Shell yeah. as like we talked about or Gail, I can't remember her last name. Uh, playing Wonder Woman, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gail and playing Wonder Woman, she's good. Like it's just the representation, representation, and that, and also video game is growing, and it's awesome that female voices are finally being heard. Yeah, because I like because so I think Hermione probably just probably set it off because when you look at Twilight's Bella, you're like, well, she's just too busy in a romantic. Mm-hmm. Theme, and people actually try to compare that to Romeo and Juliet. Uh, that's, nah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's I a, actually read all of Twilight when I was a teenager. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, hey, like I said, this is, is it going to be an A way moment? Yeah, it's going to be an A way moment. The problem <laughs> with Twilight when they said that it was Romeo and Juliet, everybody in this room has have y'all read Romeo and Juliet at one point in time. Do you know the story behind Romeo and Juliet? Oh, so you got married in three days and got killed? Yeah, no. Cool. cool. So you're saying that is Twilight. So you're going to tell me the the worst play that Shakespeare's ever written that's considered the most famous of his plays is bet, is on the same level as Twilight. Yeah, it's a romance and it's... <laughs> like things like that they're just stupid <laughs> yeah but the thing is though like jk rowan didn't implement implement romance until what book four it's so great and i really appreciated that because it wasn't like oh hermione's just worried about boys or blah 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 they, <laughs> they did it 
to where you can relate to it. It wasn't just her. It was Ron and Harry who were all, you know, yes. when you're about 14, that's when yes. you, start being, you start noticing the people you're attracted to. Yeah. They did that with all of them. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And, like, what's, what's crazy is that it was, like, it had to be a school dance. Like, I feel like that was, it's probably true. It's like when you dance, we probably asked the first girl or guy out on a date. Yeah. And it was kind of like their prom. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's definitely um, something that most teenagers can relate to, too. Yeah, and like I said, like, we were growing up watching it. Like, oh, yeah, it's cool. And like seeing Ron get upset with Hermione over it. and like I liked that, too, how it wasn't Hermione and Harry together. You know, my, my uncle, he actually said that he wanted to... Uh, he wanted to see Harry and Hermione get together. And, like, my aunt was like, oh, hell no. I knew it was Ron the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like, before she saw four, she's like. Really? She's like, oh, I knew. Yeah. Because, like, do you remember, because, like, like, we talk about pop culture. Like, we talk about Pokemon Go. Did you ever go to a midnight release of yeah, the book? Oh, the bo- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The so, last one, I picked it up in the midnight release, and I read it that day. So, what's cool about that is just seeing everybody dress up. And yes, like, it was so great. I <laughs> love that so much. It was, I still remember that night very well. And, like, everyone's like, is it really that serious? I'm like, you don't understand what it means, like, when a nerd gets locked in. Yeah. Like, when, like, we get locked into something that we really enjoy. It's not, like, escapism is nice because, like, no one wants to deal with everything, like, work. We know what we have to work. We understand that we have to cut the grass sometimes, but, like, when it comes to a nerd playing like Breath of the Wild or Mario or whatever game or book or whatever or card game that we're doing, we're just relaxing in the sense that, and what Harry Potter was just like, I get to see what happens next. Yeah, you get to go in a different world. And yeah, different world. All these people that, you know, don't exist, but <laughs> you wish they did. Yeah, it's... Um, but, and I think too that if it can attract people of literally every age like when i went to that midnight release there were you know kids from the age i was when i started reading it to, you know my parents were there with me and they were enjoying it too yeah my aunt was there she's like i can't believe this like <laughs> like even like with the latest one they did the midnight release like curse child oh did they they did a midnight release wow. of it like it was it was still the same like packed and everything i had just come off watching the ufc fight i was like okay i'm gonna go get my book now and I grabbed it, and I was like, oh, God, this is really, really good. And because, like, everyone's like, well, you know J.K. Rowling didn't really write it. I'm like, yeah, I know she didn't write it, but... The Chris Child? Yeah. I thought she did. No. She, the screenplay... Uh, I thought she did. The screenplay is by someone else. Hmm. But the thing is, though, it was fan fiction at first. Mm-hmm. And, like, she, they were going to sue her, sue the person. <laughs> and he, and she said, no, this is actually pretty good. Let's do something with it. That's actually really cool. Yeah. And, what is it? When we look at Harry Potter, we don't want the actual story to be ruined. And, like, before we started the podcast, you said you didn't know how you felt about Fantastic Beasts. Hmm. And, like, if you look at it, it is the lore behind it, if you were to say it was, like, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I know it's kind of a quote-unquote prequel, because it happened before the events of Harry Potter. And it's kind of cool to see that and to see more of... Wizards? 
Yeah, more of the world. But I don't know. I kind of I'll I'll just I'll watch all of them. I will because I'm a I'm a Harry Potter. Nerd. No, but how did you feel about the movie itself? Like I well, I think I need to watch all of them because I kind of didn't really care about the characters. You didn't care about Eddie Redmayne's uh, character? Uh, oh my god. I don't know. I just it I don't know. Newt Scamander is one of my favorites. It's kind of just too much of a goody-goody two-shoes. Newt Scamander? Yeah. I don't think so. I like it when there's a a, a conflict struggle. I felt like he was a conflict struggle. How? Because he he really didn't care about anything that was going on in the Order. And everybody else seemed to. Not the Order. What does America call theirs? um, Because they're not the Ministry of Magic. Yeah, it's... See, I forgot because <laughs> yeah. I forgot that movie. I know uh, they call them like non-magics or something, like muggles. That's what they call them in America. Yeah, non-magics. I remember that. Yeah, but like, he doesn't really care about anything about that. He only cares about his animals. And like, I'm surprised you don't really, you didn't like Newt's commander because like, he is pretty much a shard of Hagrid. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I saw too somewhere that people think that Newt gave... Aragog to Hagrid. You really think so? That's what people think. I think it's that's seventy cool. years before, though. But Hagrid was at school. But I mean, time? like, it doesn't mean like Newt had to be in school at the time. He could have just got it from someone. Yeah, because Newt was technically he got kicked out. Yeah. But the lore behind that is that seeing America finally. What does yeah. America say about magic? And like you know, like from Dean and Seamus. Is it Dean Seamus or is it? Two different characters. Are those no, two? yeah, they're two different. I, I wasn't for sure because I know the like uh, Finnegan's something, but Seamus Finnegan is the Seamus one. Finnegan. And then Dean, I can't remember his last name. Dean he, Smith. He's the one who always does the Quidditch. Yeah. The no. the writing. Yeah, but Dean, when they said that they're from America, and they come over, that's like interaction, yeah, international stuff. So for to actually see what America sees magic from. Their perspective, it was kind of cool to see him going underneath New York into the suburbs and. Yeah, and I thought, um, what was it called, the Obscurials? I thought that was pretty neat too. I think that, that was something was, new. I think that was something before the mentors. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been because we got to keep in mind that I think that the I, I think I know what your problem is with the not even a problem, just your not uncertainty behind. Fantastic Beast and where to find them is that there's really not any characters that sh- that are in it. If that makes sense, that the ones it, that I already know. Yeah, yeah, not not the ones that you already know, but there's not actually you can't you can't actually you can't really read about Newt's commander because Fantastic Beast and where to find them is nothing but an encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. It's based off. Everything he's found. So, like, when you see a movie of him, you don't really know how he is. Cause, but, like, we're so used to seeing Harry, Ron, and Hermione. They better portray that shit or we're going to have a fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, too. <laughs> yeah, because, like, Newt's Commander is something new. And, like, when they said that they were getting four more movies, you're like, really? This book is, like, new. Like, I don't know if you've seen Fantastic Beasts and where to find them the actual book Mm-mm. it's like a hundred pages like this thing oh so it's gonna be like the hobbit where they expanded it <laughs> yeah but no it's just an encyclopedia that's 
weird. I guess, I guess they're just making a story based on it. Yeah, it's, they're just making a story based off of it. So it's like, it's really an encyclopedia. So like, when they say the name of it at the end, that is the actual name of the book, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just genius to be able to make Newt Scamander because like, you should know that that's the first book he needs in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, and um, I think... And that's the lore behind it. Like, and that's, yeah, that's, that's one other reason why, yeah. even though I don't really... I didn't really like the first one, I'll still give it a chance and watch the other ones because I know there's going to be a point, maybe, hopefully, where they have Dumbledore and who was it, Grindelwald? That, that needs to happen, yeah. though. Because you've read about that. You've read about it because, like, you know, when he gets the chocolate and he says that he took care of Grindelwald, as soon as they implemented implemented, uh, Dumbledore into Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him, you knew that he was going to be in the movie somehow, some way. Not this movie, but down the road. And then all of a sudden when you see that Scamander had a thing for Lestrange, it's like, bro, did you go dark for a while? (laughs) Or were you just, you really didn't care about that? Because you said Hufflepuff. He's a Hufflepuff. Yeah, he is. Yeah. What were you going to say? J.K. Rowling uh, wrote the screenplay. Did she write the oh, screenplay? Oh, did she? Okay, yeah, I thought she did. Oh. Yeah, she wrote it, so it's... Uh... Cool, cool, cool. I mean, it's good good to know that I wasn't for certain, because, like, it doesn't say her name on the actual book, so... Hmm. No, it's because she wrote it, like, she wrote that. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. And then... Which one? Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, I said that she wrote that. Like, she wrote that, but, like, she wrote it, like, you know... Well, he was talking about The Cursed Child. The Cursed Child. Oh, The Cursed Child? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. No, she didn't write that. Yeah. It said... What does it say? Like, on the book, it's like... Oh, it says, including a foreword by J.K. Rowling. Uh, Okay. Trying trying to get you to read it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I thought... Well, yeah, I, I have the... Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, green book cover, really small. And actually, if you were to buy this, the, the whole set, it has history. I'm like, Hogwarts of history. Mm-hmm. And also, Quidditch Through the Ages. and like That's really cool. Yeah, so I've read all three. Well, didn't read Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, because like, it's really just an encyclopedia based off every animal he ever saw. So, like, the Vasculus is in there, and, hmm. like, any, like, Dementors in there obscures in there and I thought it was interesting that they're gonna go this route and but some people have yet to see the movie and it's like they don't know how it feels because it's not really Harry Potter yeah I I get that but (laughs) I watched it just because I'm such a fangirl like I have to yeah anything Harry Potter I gotta go see So. so I mean is that being a fangirl or is that just being a fan of the series and enjoy it. Is that nostalgia? As I look at your it's Sailor little, Moon. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's it is a little nostalgia, I guess, just because it was it's such a big part of my childhood. But I still love it. And mm-hmm. I mean I have a tattoo of the Deathly Hallows. Mm, I mean, yeah, and yeah. you know, people would be like, Harry Potter's not gonna always be a thing, it's not always gonna be relevant and I'm like, I don't care, it's always gonna be a part of me, so that's why I put it on me. It is gonna always gonna be relevant though. I think so. There's no getting around of it because like, it started a generation 
starting an era that people don't realize that pop culture enjoys reading now. Like, there's a lot more people that read mm-hmm. now compared to back then. And, like, the first books that you read are, like, like, the first books I read to kids are The Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe. It's not because of the Christian themes behind it or... I know that, like, me personally, I know that they're there, but I like the story of Peter and yeah. Edmund and, like, how... Edmund turned his back on his uh, family at one point, and then he came back, and that makes people love him. But, like, Jill, who's another character later on in the series, she just wounds up there, just ends up in Narnia. Okay. Just just (laughs) ends up in Narnia. She's, like, one of those special people that that don't realize that they're special. Yeah. And um, same way with Harry. Like, he doesn't realize that he's special. Like, even at the beginning, like, where he starts doing the vanishing glass, and he doesn't really understand what's going on. And, like, when he enters the world of wizardry, you see him develop, and, like, you see him start to find himself. And it's glad I'm glad that she did a trifecta. Like, J.K. Rowling did a trifecta of having three characters. And, like, the number three is probably really big in this series when you see, like, the Deathly Hollows. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Like... Which, did that score, did that story scare you a little bit? Like, was it seem spooky? Like, death taking away people and... Not really, to me. Um, I thought it was just more, I thought that was a really interesting story that Rowling came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you know the whole yeah. theory of that, too. I don't know the theory. Of Dumbledore being death. Dumbledore being death? I think it's. I don't think it's so much of a theory that he's actually death. I think it's more of symbolism. Oh really? Um, that Dumbledore is death, and who was it? Harry, Snape, and Voldemort are the three brothers. Oh wow! Now, how did you feel about? I feel like Snape. He's the MVP. I really like Snape as a character. I he, really do. Yeah. Because uh, Snape is a... Uh, I don't know. He's like that double side. Like, he, double agent. Yeah. Double agent that you really didn't expect coming at all. Even... Like, when he killed Dumbledore, you're like, why? And when you get to the next book, you're like, oh, okay. That's probably one of my favorite parts of the series, too, is when... Harry realizes what the motivation behind Snape's actions, you know? And and you see that, uh, him being the first one to be at the house and seeing Lily dead, and then, like, you're like, well, it's, like, kind of sad. It's heartbreaking. And I thought, I guess, him being a Death Eater, and then Dumbledore is like, look, no, you're better than this. Mm Mm-hmm. You didn't expect it. Like, you didn't realize how much time and effort he put into him. Yeah. Like, into Snape. I don't know. Like, just knowing that, you know, like, this mark, as I'm, like, <laughs> act like I have a tattoo. Like, just like, just, like, the mark coming out. And, like, did he not go to Dumbledore and say that it's real? What do you mean? Like, his... Like his mark of the Death Eater, like you know how they get called. Yeah. 
so did he go to Dumbledore and say like, yeah, it's 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 real, like it's really happening, like this shit is going down right now. I don't know how if that. I don't know if that was a scene, but I feel like he might have done it. Because it's a it's a calling, right? It's a calling. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure it mentioned that in the book somewhere. I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. Now, which which class did you enjoy the most in that class? Like mm. <laughs> potions or divination or divination <sighs> actually scared the shit out of me. Really? Yeah. I liked it. I also liked Professor Trelawney though. I liked her. Um, man, dark oh, arts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's everyone's favorite, though. Well, there's a few people that said they like potions. I would like potions too, if but I would hate going if I was a with Snape. God, yeah. I mean, I love Snape as a character, but if I was a kid going in his class, I'd be scared shitless. <laughs> Shit, like, I can do this and that. When you see, like, when you first read them in the episode, uh, per, the first part, first book, Sorcerer's Stone, my mom, like, because we tried watching the seven one, all eight of them, she goes, like, no, before seven, the last movie came out, she said, I guess we'll have to watch this boring-ass movie first. <laughs> she didn't like the first one? No, no one does. It's I don't mind it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's not my favorite. I think yeah. also just because, you know, the actors are still kids. I mean, it's... And I kind of... I don't... I don't dislike kids. I just... Yeah. <laughs> I don't really cra- like kid actors. What a, what a crazy thing about Daniel Radcliffe is, like, his voice changed a lot over I, fucking yes. years. Yes. In the second one, it's, yeah. in the first one, it's like, Rock, my name's <laughs> You're like, what the... What, what did you eat? Yeah. <laughs> you, you Ron like, is still kind of squeaky. It's pretty noteworthy. It's great. I mean, we don't we, we yeah. don't get that anymore. Like, if you look at like even growing up as with TV shows, like what do we have? Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I love that. You love that series? Uh, uh, Family Matters, maybe. I didn't really watch it as much, but I, I watched a little bit. Do the Earth. Fresh Prince was mine. Yeah, Fresh Prince. Do you know how that ended? A lot of people don't know how it ends. Uh-uh. Yeah. Well, I had to explain it to one of my friends is that like they get to move into another house mm-hmm. but will has to go a separate way oh really he, so he pretty much shakes hands with uncle phil and then they leave they they go their separate ways and like it's just an empty house mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't understand the representation of that they're moving like a black family is moving up further up the ladder in life mm-hmm. and will was just now getting started because i'm pretty sure that's when and Independence Day was about to be made, or like that's when his movie roles were actually coming forth. But we get we got that we got Full House, Growing Pains. Like we don't like some character yeah, movies. We, we don't. don't get, yeah, I think that's really rare too, is for the actual actors to be close and mm-hmm. like each other. Mm-hmm, yeah, and still hang out. I mean, like we see that we see not only the growth of that within Harry Potter, but we also see it in uh, Pokemon. We see a lot of that in Pokemon. If, like, people say, no, you don't. I'm like, yes, you do. Because, like, they say, well, it's a number game. Like, no, it's not a number game. It's a generation game. So, like, it's a, like a new generation gets created. Yeah. So, like, when 
the next generation gets created, the youngest kid gets to start off with that generation. While me, as an older person, I get to play with everybody, and then we can have interactions with each other, like conversations. Because, like, how every falls back to Harry Potter is like, if you were caught up during the books, like fifth, let's say by the fifth book, everybody that started off at one, you can start developing a little conversation with them. Yeah. But, like, when they hit about three or four, and, like, the fifth or, like, the sixth or seventh book's not out yet, you can still, you're going to have deeper conversations about character development, how you feel about the character, and, like, kind of like school, because, like, that's how we did it in school, is that, how did this character pertain to you? And you would say it, talk about it, and then allow the conversation to develop even more. Now, by the time they hit that fifth book, and they're caught up, th- there's so much conversation within each other that we're going like, oh, yeah, so I understand what you're talking about now. Yeah. It's like, it's not like a spoiler, but I don't want you to lose anything while you're reading it. Yeah, I know what you mean. and you'll Especially if you're reading something and then you, or watch something and you want someone else to look at it with you so that way you have someone to talk to about it mm-hmm. and it's you just get so impatient they're like just hurry up and finish it yeah. so I can talk to you about it yeah I need to theorize yeah like what's because like, those seem to be other people's theories what is one of your theories with this series uh I don't know if I I don't know if I have any of my own I just have a lot of I have a couple favorites that I think probably true okay like the one where you know harry's a horcrux so the dursleys that's why they act the way they do toward him um or the one of dumbledore being death i don't really think it's a theory i think it's just more of symbolism like how in um chronicles and aria you know just the christian symbolism is the same mm-hmm. thing um i don't really have any of my own though i don't hmm. Well, Do you th- have any? Well, not even theories, but everything falls back. Stories, like when you make a story. And, like, you make a story within the story. Like, like you know, like how she did her three horcrux thing. Mm-hmm. Everything that you read, read or write in uh, life, for some odd reason, it reflects back to the Bible, Shakespeare, or mythology. Yeah. And, and, like, you could see it, like, just story, her story writing within those three. The the Horcrux, like, Death, you could say, or the Invisibility Cloak, or, like, the Resurrection Stone. You can say these refer to stories of, like, Christ being, being reborn. Mm-hmm. Or, let's see, I don't know one about being invisible. What was the other one? I can't remember. The Elder Wand? Yeah, the elder one being all powerful, like that goes with the theme of ch- being the chosen one that could all tie back into it. And like, we're not even focused on like if we were to go to Star Wars realm, that it's either good versus evil, and then you got to figure out who's actually good and who's actually evil. And I think that was a p- point with Harry is that like when he started having Voldemort, he could see what Voldemort was seeing, he started to feel that way. Yeah, having uh, a double lifestyle. Like you saw, he had two personas in a sense. 
his and Voldemort's. Yeah, how scary would that be too, <laughs> having a not knowing who you actually are and losing your sense of self. I mean, and that's the point of Harry Potter is finding yourself. And like I tried to explain it to my granddad, like he told me straight up for it. He said, Tell me what Harry Potter is about. And I said, it's about a kid that, you know, he wants to be a wizard. I'm like, he's a wizard, and he's doing all this, and he just shook his head and said no. And, like, my granddad didn't even like this shit. <laughs> like, he didn't like it at all, and he was like, no, that's not what it's... No, no he didn't have a problem with it. He's like, no, um, that's not the point of Harry Potter, Perry. Like, the point is, is that Harry's trying to find out more about himself growing up. And you're a 14-year-old kid reading this book. And that's what you should be doing, too. With him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a big part of being a teenager. Teenager. Just find yourself. Because like, we were at that age of, like, smoking was a thing. Or drinking or out partying or having sex. And whatever you did was your outcome of it. But seeing how... We got to experience literature and, like, probably educate ourselves a, a little better. It made things easier for us in the sense of not knowing. I mean, knowing what a right situation is and what a wrong situation is. Because I'm pretty sure there's been countless times in your life where you say, well, well I could do this, but that's not right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure you have, you probably still have a great friend, friend group that tell you, like, no, nah, you don't need to do that. Yeah. And- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. I feel like it's with something like that. I hope every kid has something yeah, like Harry Potter to relate to someone that, you know, some kind of character that they can relate to and kind of put themselves in. Mm-hmm. Especially if, I mean, Harry is an orphan and his family didn't love him. He never really had a childhood. And then all of a sudden, once he gets into this new world... He almost immediately gets thrown into adulthood because he's the chosen one and he has to, he has all yeah. this weight on his shoulders. You know, can you imagine? I'm sure there's kids out there who feel like that. I actually, definitely... I actually have a friend like where she was like 21 years old. Like, well, she was 20 last year. She was a manager at the restaurant that I used to work at. And she said, like, she asked me if I could bring her a bottle. I'm like, I really don't allow that, but. When's your birthday? She's like, January. I'm like, all right, okay, you're fine. <laughs> um, gave it to her. She sat down and said, I really feel older than what I should. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm 20 years old, and I'm doing shit at 28. Like, yeah. Like, I'm a manager. I'm getting everything planned and getting ready. She's like, Perry, how did you, how were you able to go to college? And I had to worry about that. I'm like, Cause like she said, I dropped out. I'm like, well, I said, it's just that support system that you have. Like you got me, you got other people, but like she said, you never got homesick. I'm like, oh, I call my, I call my granddad every day, <laughs> like literally every day because I knew by calling and make sure he was okay. I was okay. Right. Because like, honestly, my granddad hid shit from me. Like I didn't know, like he was going, like he was in the hospital, like countless times that I was up at school. He's like, he's like, no, he was at school, man. Don't worry about that. And, like, I respect that. Like, he was like, and, like. They put your needs and your aspirations above. Yeah, and, like, and, like, when I wish that if she were to continue the series that we saw that. 
you know, we saw Harry do that. Because, like, let's be honest, that epilogue was like, wait, what? They kind of... I, I appreciate that she wrapped it up pretty neatly, put a bow on it. But at the same time, I guess I'm a little nihilistic and cynical, and I was kind of like, bleh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I was like, ew, it's kind of just... Especially since I was still a teenager, and I was like, this is stupid. But, but I, I mean, I do appreciate that. And I don't want them, I don't want her to delve into their kids. I think it's done. I don't think she should milk it anymore, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think they should. But that was a big problem. Like, people said, like, well, this shit, this shit's too long, like, like movie-wise. Like, it took her, it took eight years or so just to make the movie. I'm like, you guys sit there and say that, but you don't understand the point of production. Like, you guys are watching Star Trek Next Generation right now. Mm-hmm. How well does the pr- production get the more you watch it? When it gets better. It gets the better. more the story progresses, you know, each season it gets better and music and costumes and everything. <laughs> like I said, like I'm currently watching it right now too. You are? Yes. yes. I, told, I told you I was going to watch it. <laughs> what episode are you on? We're on episode 15 right now. Damn. I told you. You man. like it? I'm about my business, man. When it comes to my, <laughs> when it comes to my friends, they say they like them. I will, like, I will definitely get into it. It's great, especially if you love, you know, space themes and you know. Yeah, Picard is be- beast. Though, yes. I gotta say, and Picard is my favorite. <laughs> but um, Harry is great. I think everyone loves Prisoner of Azkaban because Sirius Black comes in it for the first time. That's my mom's favorite movie. Yeah, I think that's everyone's favorite movie. Favorite movie, favorite book, and like I said that for the longest. I said Prisoner of Azkaban was my favorite, and then it kind of dwelled on me. It's probably also the time traveling. A lot of people like that. D- that's something because like we talked about Majora's Mask, time traveling with Hermione in that mm-hmm. was on fucking point. Yeah, it was awesome. Just for her to like, just thinking of like how she had to do all that just to be able to study and schedule. I know. And time it- management was like, holy fuck. It's a mind fuck. Like, how can I? What can I do that? I know, but I think that also um, deepens her character more. Mm-hmm. You know, especially since it's so early in the series, it's like, oh, this lady's fucking cray cray. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's doing all these, going literally back in time so she can do every single class. Yeah. But that's, I think that's um, admirable. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why I liked her so much. It kind of. Um, I guess motivates you as a kid to work a little harder. Okay, well, how do you feel about Ron? Everyone loves Ron, but... I like Ron. I think I relate to him in his sense of humor and his down-to-earthness. Okay. You know, and his arachnophobia. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I like Ron a lot. I think um, I like his friendship with he and Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the Weasleys. I love their family. You love that family, so... Mm-hmm. Moving forward, what do you expect from, let's say, Fantastic Beast? You said Dumbledore. You would like to see that. Do you want to see more of Newt, or do you want to see... Cause I, I think the next one he'll be in England, but I'm not for sure. I guess I want to see more character development with Newt. Um, I don't know. I mean, like you said, he did have a little conflict like with the... Um, with Strange. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, with the ministry and everything, but I don't know. He didn't really have much of an internal conflict, like Harry does, trying to discover who he actually is and if he's 
melding into Voldemort if he's actually Harry, you know. But we didn't even, like, when you talk about the setting, we talked about, like, how Hogwarts, like, you know, your favorite part, what it is like to mark people. Think of the actual society on everyday life. You think you could do that? Like, be undercover while working? Because that's what it felt like for, like, to be a Ministry of Magic. Like, they're part of everyday life. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're saying, um, like how some of the entrances to the Ministry of Magic are, like, in the toilet and everything. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Or, like... Going through a platform nine and three quarters, mm-hmm. just running into it like how? How does no one no- not notice that? Yeah, he just went through a fucking wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go get me some Prozac now. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, uh, I thought it was cool that they're part of everyday life, but it's like they're their own way, yeah. their own magic, they're magical, and I thought it was kind of crazy that they had rules like, well, you can't use magic while outside mm-hmm. of school. Yeah, uh, when you're underage, yeah. Yeah, I thought... I do... I, I mean, I, I guess I understand why they want to keep it separate. Because I suppose people who can't use magic would try to take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of, like... I don't want to say it like, in a bad way. Uh, Mr. Weasley. can't think of his name for some reason. I knew it was Arthur, but I wanted <laughs> to say Rupert for some odd reason. Oh, that's that's the actor, Rupert Grint. Yeah. Uh, the actor of Ron, yeah. Yeah. I thought... It, I looked at him like he was really fascinated with muggles and I was like you tell me the function of a rubber ducky yeah, <laughs> I, I, remember like, that. I was like wait what man I guess because all he and that whole family knows are just magic magic yeah and to them that's normal yeah magic and a rubber normal. duck what is that <laughs> you know yeah and like to see Harry know how to just do it yeah and that's really cool and I remember in the books too um I don't remember which book it was but Ron would call Harry mm-hmm. on a telephone, and he'd be screaming at him, like, can you hear me? Yeah. How can you hear me on this? And I always yeah. thought that was so funny was prisoner, as a kid. It was prisoner action, Was man. it? Yeah, I it was loved pr- that. I thought yeah. that was so funny. <laughs> what was your favorite part? Of what? Harry Potter. <laughs> favorite part of Harry Potter? Uh, huh. I don't know. I, I liked a lot. You liked a lot? <laughs> Out of the fire. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to know if I'm not trying to say um, like bias or anything. Do you think that's where they got the idea of the, the champions and the Breath of the Wild? Oh, you mean the um, <laughs> Divine Beasts? No, like the champions. Well, there's, there's oh, the champions. champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with the other side. It was kind of cool. Like, like. Like I said, like, I like how authors, like, bounce ideas off each other. Mm-hmm. It's different than music. Like, music, you, like, you can hear beef between two artists. Like, if, if I don't know, have you heard Jay-Z and, uh, and Nas? Like, you know who Nas is, right? No. You don't know who Nas is? I don't, I don't know who Jay-Z is. But but you, I don't know who do Nas you? is. I don't. He's a rapper. <laughs> <Either>. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> They had a really I figured. Yeah. Hey, you know they have a segment on that on the radio station I listen to every day when I come home from work. Yeah, I think but, that's funny. But like if you like you ever have a chance to listen to Ether by Nas, like you would like go, Damn, he did Jay Z in but I love that kind of shit. Track, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, like let's say like Tupac Biggie beef. Yeah. Uh hey, have you heard a song by Tupac? Uh it's called Get Money. 
think so, yeah. And he's like, fuck your bitch. And, uh, f- fuck your bitch. And the click you came. West side, yes. whatever ride. He's actually talking about Diggy. I like both of them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's talking about that. Like but like in in articles or writing, it's like we all feed off each other, your idea. We're not gonna backlash what you say. But it's like we take some idea and make it our own. And because like here's the prime example, because like I will talk about it f- further. Um later on in another podcast episode. Do you know have you heard of Shakespeare's A Midsummer's Night Dream? I haven't read it or anything, but I've heard of it. You've heard of it? Yeah. Okay, you know the theme is of love and, like, how character the characters are reversed. Like, the women are chasing after the men instead of the men chasing after women. Mm-hmm. Okay, great story. But my favorite part of that, because, like, I wrote my play off of it, is the play-within-the-play format. You know what that is? Like, a play within a play. Uh... I can kind of guess, but you go ahead. Okay, it's like, there's a play, and then for a small segment, there's a play within a play. Mm-hmm. So, like, what happens within that play is that some guy or is doing something. I can't remember the name of the play, per se, in A Midsummer's Night's Dream. But what happens is this person actually kills themselves. And all of a sudden, that person, the girl wakes up and sees that, and she kills herself. And everybody thinks that's where he inspired the idea for Romeo and Juliet. So you're saying, like, in that play, during the play in the play, they did they actually kill each other? I or mean, is that just... It's the actual, it's a play within a play. Right. So it's like, we're watching a play, Yeah. and then the play has a play within it. Well, I was just saying, because have you ever seen Black Swan? No. Okay. Because that's I was that's exactly what I was thinking of. Because um, I mean, it's about her being in a ballet, and the actor's supposed to. Is that Brittany Murphy? No, that's um, Nellie Portman. And oh she, yeah, she's the, you know like the the person she's portraying is kills herself or something whatever. But then she actually does it because she's so invested in the character. No, no, no. What happens? I is thought that's it, what you meant. No, like the per the people in the play, like the play within the play, it's like. Saying, like, me and you were, and Seth went to a play, and all of a sudden they said, shall we do a play within a play? And then what happens is they act like different people within the play. They're not themselves anymore. They're somebody else. Okay, I And then you. they'll bring it back to life, to the, the actual play. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did in my writing is that, but instead I had the actual author say that he's going to write a play. I said that he's going to write a play, and then the character's come to the stage and they act out what he wants to do and then they bring it I bring it back full circle by making it the play itself and then he'll talk about what's going on in his life mm-hmm. and then he'll go back and do it again it's like a thought process mm-hmm. but like what I'm saying with Shakespeare is like I, he got the idea from doing that play to make Romeo and Juliet right because the theme of Romeo and Juliet is that they kill themselves at the end over love, of course. And that's what that was, too. And, but that being said, coming back full circle, dang, a lot of a wowie moments tonight, guys. <laughs> you gotta love this shit. Um, coming back full circle, he, uh, people like to write ideas from each other. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when we talk about Twilight, just think about the idea of vampires being different over time. 
going back to Dracula, Brandon Stoker's Dracula, seeing how it's he was supposed to be portrayed, and looking at fucking sparkly sparkly guy. Kendall? I can't remember his name. <laughs> Edward. Edward. Yeah. God. I could looking at Edward being sparkly and like being a vegetarian and it's like yeah. if you were like a really big, you know, into vampires and you're like, Yeah, no, you're not gonna like it. But like when you look at Harry Potter it's like a different world because I don't think there's ever been anything done like where I understand like if you we say Narnia, he you go to a different spot mm-hmm. to make yourself better. But with Harry Potter is you make yourself a different spot to make yourself better but that world is still part of that world right it's not not disconnected because you still know about it you can get mail from that spot right so that was the greatness of messengers with the with the owls that was probably one of my favorite parts as well just seeing owls just drop in with mail from like it was kind of like a it's a boarding school yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, it is. That's, that's a big thing in England. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Like the communication stuff communication. between the muggle world and the wizard world. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, it's it's gonna it's great that people are still reading it and like just rewatching it. So, do you have any questions for me as we wrap this up? Hmm. <laughs> I think I already asked you any series you had. You don't know your Patronus. I hope it's better than mine. It's a chocolate bow. I told you that. Right <laughs> it's true. Um, which one? What, did you say what your favorite book was? Did I say what my favorite book yeah. was? Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Goblet of the Fire. How do you feel about Snape? How do I feel about Snape? Mm-hmm. I love Snape. At first, I hate him. I hated him all the way until the end. Yeah. Like. You know, as a kid, um, I remember I went to the midnight for. <laughs> uh, I went to the Midnight for Half-Blood Prince, I think. And there were people speculating if what side Snape was on. Mm-hmm. And I guess because I was a kid, I didn't really get... Um, so siding thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's such a bad guy, you know, yeah. because he treats Harry like poop, you yeah. know? <laughs> and then, like, when you're reading about how he used to be a Death Eater, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's yeah. definitely still I, bad. I didn't read into the whole, you know, read between the lines and everything, I'm sure. Of and, like, 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 even Order of Phoenix, like, when you say that he has pad foot, and you're like, oh, I don't fucking care. <laughs> oh, yo, yo, Sirius okay? Yeah, he's okay. But he didn't do anything after that, which kind of pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there was another one I had. <laughs> oh, how do you feel about um, Harry's dad? What, James Potter? Uh-huh. Seeing how he was a big bully? Yeah. Big, big bully <laughs> in big school? I thought I thought James Potter was supposed to be really, really cool. But then when you see that, that's one of those game of Throne moments, if that makes sense to you guys. Uh, the um, when Bran looks and sees how the story really doesn't play out, right? That's the same moment that you feel when you feel about James, that knowing that he's not that great. Because I, I always thought about naming one of my kids James after him and Lily after uh Lily, but like when you look at it, you're like James is he's supposed to be in Gryffindor. When like when you think of Gryffindors, you think of them to be more kind, like kind and energetic and having fun, not yeah. really picking on anybody. 
And, like, when you see Sirius, too, like, he was part of the Gryffindors? Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, and... but you, but people accept Gryffindor, except, not Gryffindor, we accept Sirius. Because even though he did that, he said, like, he didn't save him, but he didn't do anything wrong. He was just staying by his friends, sticking mm-hmm. with his friends. Yeah. And that's and a like, big theme of the whole thing. And like I said, like, Lupin. We didn't talk about Lupin at all. Like, I love Lupin. Lupin uh, is... And when he and Tongue style is the saddest thing. Yeah. Man, that whole last thing, and who was it? Fred died. Yeah. But, but I, her, I understand her reasoning behind it. She said, like, um, the when it comes to killing a character, it really is hard to do. But if you feel like it needs to happen, then it has to happen. And I think she did it tastefully, too, if you compare it to, like, George R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. She does it in a way to where you actually care about them. Mm-hmm. And it actually rips you apart. And it actually makes you go, fuck you, fuck everything, you I mean, know. Yeah. And then George R. R. Martin, it's like, you know, when you kill him at first, like the Red Wedding. Yeah. That's like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, that's a big thing. But then it just keeps going on and on. And it's, it's like, well, I don't care about anybody now. She's trying to illustrate. It's not like But that doesn't, but it's still literature and it's still fantasy. And you still want somebody, you still want to connect with them. And you can't. Listen, George R. R. Martin is a Sad man. <laughs> and that's I think that's why people think that the reason that I don't like Game of Thrones and that I like Harry Potter makes me kind of childish. Uh, no, no, no. It doesn't Aww. make you, no. Some people think that. It makes you a little no, childish, but... But, but here's the thing, though. There was a thing that happened is that Harry Potter started it. Twilight, Stephanie Meyer came around. She destroyed it. <laughs> she destroyed literature. Then all of a sudden, The Hunger Games came. It made it a little bit better and then when Game of Thrones became such a good hit it saved the day yeah yeah I see that <laughs> I guess well, that, I guess it was kind of a refresher to people who read all that kind of stuff who mm-hmm. kind of wanted something a little more dark I suppose and simple Twilight was Twilight's terrible well it was a it was a fan fiction right yeah. just the no it's Divergent of, huh? Divergent uh, no, there's, um, no, Fifty Shades of Grey is, uh, right. is a fan fiction of Twilight. That's what I was thinking. Really? Yes. With just the names replaced. Yep. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, she actually, it was edited to not be so blatant. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess before we wrap it up, um, just want to say that before I saw the movies, I pronounced Hermione's name as Hermione. Yeah. I didn't know how to pronounce it. I didn't know it. how to pronounce yeah. it. Like, I was, Thank God for those movies. Like yeah. I said, those books were great. And like I said, it really did open the door to literature for me because I didn't, like, I read, but no other book actually grasped my attention until that. And then later on, Chronicles of Narnia came, and mm-hmm. then all your hits, like Gatsby. Gatsby is yeah. like, mm-hmm. r- love Gatsby. Like, I read it every other year. I have it, and like, there's something about the American dream, but that's for another time and day. <laughs> you got anything else to say, bro? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, just uh, thanks for talking to us again. Really okay. enjoy I mean, it. Hell yeah, you guys, you guys got your own podcast coming soon. Yes, we did put that exclusively out there. <laughs> we, we, I did that on purpose. 
And like I said, this was phase three of the Owowie project. Awoy project. I like that better. Awoy. I don't know. The Awoy project. And like I said, it's been a deep conversation. Like, how much time have you been running? Uh, we're about the two hour mark. We're at the two hour mark. Damn. Like I said, it doesn't even feel like it. Mm. And that's awesome. And like I said, this will be up in phase four tomorrow with Sean Waters. You can catch, please rev- review and rate this because it's awesome. Because like, podcasting's cool, but I just need to know your feedback sometimes. Just make sure we're keeping you entertained and whatever you want to see. And we'll cover it. Like, these guys know that they, they recommend it near Ultimoto. And now I'm playing it. And that's really good. This is episode six of A Word of Influence, and you can catch me at P underscore Morton 22. Have a good night, guys.